2: This Haber of Middlecoff segment is brought to you by Ease and EaseWellness.com, promo code HAM for 20 bucks off your first delivery, and by MyBookie.ag, promo code HAM and the numeral 1, and by SeatGeek, get the app. Use the promo code HAM for 10 bucks off your first order. Now to the segment. Is this game for the 49ers a trap game? And part of what you, you said, you're like, well, first of all, there's not really trap games in the NFL. Doesn't really feel like it usually works that way. Sometimes you can kind of look past the team. But usually you still win that game, I feel like, in the NFL. In college, you look past somebody. Sometimes you get beat that way. NFL, I feel like it happens less. I
3: I would say regardless who you are, if you're just a decent team, I think as the season goes, Miami becomes that. Like, how do you take Miami seriously? But could they beat you if you don't? Probably not. But they are so extreme where – Guy Haberman's the starting guard or starting wide receiver. How do you focus on that week? They, guy, they are terrible. Now, they're so terrible, you're right, you just beat them. But they're going to have a couple games, I would guess, like the Bills, the fucking Buffalo Bills are a 17-point favorite against the Miami Dolphins. I think Buffalo averages like 13 points a game. That might be a little low. But they, and you start at zero. Sc- they're 17-point favorites. A team that can't score. Now, their defense is unreal, but 17 points? You think we've gotten – now, Frank probably gave a good effort, but all the other guys? Super locked in this week if you're a Bills? And I don't – I wouldn't I, – I, I don't blame them at all.
2: Because I wouldn't either. Well, Kyle – so, Kyle Shanahan, and you posted the video the other day during his press conference about the best part of being in Washington. Mayoko asked him, he said, working with my dad. And then he said in the player's, they said. Then they asked him the worst part. He said everything else. They asked if it was any extra motivation. I'm not sure who followed up with this. Maybe it was Matt. And he said, no, not at all. That was a while ago. I've been in three different buildings since. My dad's retired. He's good. We've accepted what we had to deal with there, and we've moved on. We'll watch other people deal with it. End quote. He is Do you not appreciate the look- pettiness? Yes. <laughs> he is- There's no way he's looking past this game. I don't think so either. But is a weird spot
3: for him because coaches never like to make it about themselves. Do you think he at all addressed the team and just said, guys, I fucking hate these guys? Or do you I'd, think he I'd even, be
2: surprised? You don't think he would do that? I would be surprised by that. Do you think he would do it? I wouldn't discount it
3: because if it's something you truly feel passionate about, why wouldn't you use that? And if you, if you know your team likes you, like, listen guys, I'm be honest with you. This team's not very good. We know that. We're the better team. The film speaks for itself. We are better than them. I fucking despise these people. I hate them with a passion unknown to humankind. I, I, every time I think about them, they make the hair on the back of my neck stand up. I want to kill these guys. Now, that's the anti-Belichick. Because that's even when Bill... Like I, I don't think Bill ever talks like that. Even though he holds grudges and hates, clearly, a lot as much as any coach ever I do think it's not out of the realm of possibility that he could do something like it's if I was an assistant coach for Kyle you could throw this out there in like a meeting on Monday like would it be the worst thing to bring this up Kyle to kind of give him a little juice the guys like you a lot you know this isn't one where you make it about you necessarily like we don't talk about it during the week it's not about me but just so everyone knows I, I fucking despise these guys like I, if I no, was assistant coach, and he brought, He's like, you think idea. I, you think I should say it to the team? I'd be like, as long as you tell them, like, don't. It's not. It's not worth it to talk about outside these walls. That I told you this, and that's that's tough, Detroit, to because guys are just in the heat of the moment. They'd be like, well, Kyle said he hates him, and I hate him now too. Yeah, you're know, just kind of flowing. That would be the risk. You know, you just coaches are big on like letting things get out. Just because players, even in a harmless manner, can't help themselves. Because they're just reiterating what they hear. Yeah, I mean, maybe if it's like... This is one, like, if you're Salah for the
2: defense, like, fuck these guys. Our guy hates them. Maybe that's where the assistant coaches come in. I could also see it like you don't hold a meeting just to tell them you hate them. But when you're going through things for the week, right, maybe that's just one of the things. Like, Maybe that's just one of the things.
3: Yeah, like they're seventh in turnover margin. They're this, this, this. And the last one, I hate these motherfuckers. And it kind of lightens up the room. Yeah.
2: You know? Yeah. yeah.
3: You might be able to do it while being serious in a light way.
2: Here's a picture of me when I was miserable. And it's a picture of him as the OC at the Washington Redskins. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I think there's something to it. I think there's something to it. I think you could pull it off. You kind of talked me into it. Um,
3: they they asked Lafleur about it today. Lafleur. They asked him They asked Matt Lafleur if he saw what Kyle said. Oh, okay. He, and Lafleur, <laughs> and Lafleur didn't take the bait. And he could have. He kind of laughed at it. Here, let me. Uh,
2: what did he say? Play. Did he say no? He hadn't heard it, or just
3: play it for you right now? He said no. He hadn't heard it. Which isn't at first. I'm like, yeah. Hey, I mean, he's dealing with the Raiders. Why would he even heard it?
0: about the uh,
3: Redskins earlier this week, and if so, have you guys talked about how great it was to escape that dumpster fire? <laughs> yeah, I, no. I, what do you say? They didn't see it? No. They asked him about
1: his time in Washington, yeah. and he said the good part was getting to coach with his dad and a bunch of other great coaches, and they asked what was the worst part, and he
3: said everything else. That's interesting. Uh, now, we had, you know... Tell you what, I, I do have a lot of good memories from there. Just and again, it, it goes back to the people that I was fortunate to work with, some of my my best friends in this in this game. You know, I worked with there, so uh, I think those are the things you hold on to. Yeah, he, he's not quiet in the status where he can just be shitting on people. Kyle, clearly no, but get he fucked. also he did laugh at it. He though. did laugh like, he at didn't... it, and he could have <laughs> said, "I'm not
2: getting He, you know, he could have cut it off. He said, yeah. What did he say?
3: And so that guy's like, chance. Well,
2: I saw, in all likelihood, that's a he Packers it, reporter, right? Yeah, it is. I think it was Nagler. So I don't, Aaron's pretty locked in. I don't think he watches all the Kyle Shanahan's press conferences. I think we can assume that that question got to Matt LaFleur because you posted the video of it. One million percent. I, I, I knew that it was just
3: full disclosure.
2: You said it to him. Nagler.
3: Well, no, I saw Yahoo post it, yeah, and I was just going to quote tweet it, and then I saw that they got it from 95.7 The Game. Okay. But it was kind of live and shaky. Now, 95.7 The Game blocked me, so I couldn't quote their tweet. I so I said, yet? well, Middlecoff's mind started working. Why don't I go watch the press conference and rip it for myself? So I did. So I was inspired by their work, and it, it led to that going are, to the Packers. Are
2: you still blocked? I'm still blocked. Oh, yes, I got, you blocked? I must, uh, No, I must I was for a long time. I must have got unblocked. So it was uh, it,
0: petty move by me, a little too.
2: You know, I. I no, you I, wanted the better I, video quality, better audio quality, one hundred percent. You didn't want to, to, now. Now you got to talk to Dickinson about that because that's his handiwork.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's, we're all fighting for real estate here, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're all fighting for real estate. It's a great thing. It's like, well, I, 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 don't even need to go to the press conference. I can find the same shit.
2: What's the spread on this game? Uh, nine and a half last I saw. I see it at 10 now. You are probably right then.
3: I, I just have a hard time. Niners on the road, 10 a.m. kickoff. I get a really shitty team, but I I don't view them quite like the Patriots yet. I got nine and a half as of like five minutes ago. It's just some lock to just win every game by 15 minutes, right? No, I... It's Eventually, like you get back, like you said, this is the NFL. You know, in college, we consistently see just ass kickings and ass kickings. Like an ass kicking in the NFL is like the Cardinals running circles around the Falcons in the second half. And they win by one. You know, like the eye test, that's the powerful thing about the, eye, about the NFL. In college, you go, yeah, they beat them by 30 and it looked like 60. In the NFL, you're like, God, they kicked the shit out of them they won by 3 <laughs> you know it just the the scores would you say consistently don't lo- now close games are close games but like last yes. night i don't know the final score of the broncos i turned it off when it was 27 to 7 or 27 to 6 cuz they missed the two pointer guy okay, that game felt like 75 to -5 that's what the game felt like so if the final score turned out to be 27 to 6 there is no chance on God's green earth any person could watch that game, and if you just didn't, you had no scoreboard, and you just asked them what the score was at the end of the game, they would have said like forty to three. You know, yeah, that's the thing about the NFL games are just, and it probably gets back to right. You have much more. Are there a lot more possessions in college typically, like two two on each side of
2: the ball? Uh, we're not necessarily. They're just know. more efficient. A, to I score. mean, like now, I think they probably are. Yes. Now they're definitely our Herm wants less, but I mean, you look at the way these teams play. There's definitely but, more possessions. It, it, final. So the final score was thirty to six. I mean,
3: that's thirty six is a well, pretty are big you, blowout, right? Like, like, would you say the Niners game when thir- they played on Monday Night Football and won that game thirty one to three? That's the equivalent of Ohio State beating someone sixty to nothing. Yeah, those
2: are co- To me, thirty one to three in the NFL is like a co- that feels like a college game. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely.
3: Would, last night, would you say felt like a college game? Thirty, thirty to From six. From what I
2: watched, yeah, <laughs> yeah, hard to watch. Uh, it was hard to watch. Do you? So I do look at the Niners. Given that, I do just look at them like, and I know is Debo. I know he was out for, at practice. I mean, he did not practice. He was out with a groin. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a decent chance he as of, seems like I, he's not playing. Upper, yeah, Kittle's going to play. Uh, but so my question is. Can the Niners prove anything to you this week? Because they can to me. Like last week it was, ah, I don't know. If they can pull it off, they pulled it off. This week they're supposed to win. Do they just look like, they're, like they should look when the Niners play the Redskins? Now, like you said, it's a road game. It's a 10 a.m. They've had an emotional week, big win, all that. So if they just win it, then they win it, and that's all that matters. But if they can roll out and they win this game 31 to 14, I'll be like, okay, that's Despite the 10 a.m., but despite the cross country, I know you don't get credit for blowing out the Redskins, but I'm going to give them credit for kind of maintaining that level of excellence.
3: The number one guy I'm keeping my eye on is Dante Pettis, who last week had three catches, 45 yards, three first downs, had some broken tackles, a sweet high point play. Like, can this guy start giving you four to five catches, 50 to 70 yards, and every other game like a touchdown? Then I I think you start feeling good about yourself. Because even though Marquise Goodwin can't catch a cold, he does a lot. He just flies. Like, they had a clip last night where Tyreek Hill, on the play, I think, before Mahomes got hurt. Or maybe it was, like, a Matt Moore. I can't even remember. But we're just, like, seven guys. Like, legitimately, two and a half guys followed him in the back of the end zone, in the red zone. And it's just... It's the thing people tell you about Cleveland. Like you, you, re, you throw on the all twenty-two Odell. Everyone's following him, you know. And there is something to that. Like it's basically the equivalent of like a shift in baseball. They they are just prepared for this guy, and you don't even need to throw it to him. And that's where the offensive coordinators go. Andy would tell you that's the thing about our offense. If we got three or four guys like you're gonna double Tyree Kill, we got Travis Kelsey. That means he's gonna be one on one. We're gonna win that every time. Well, if Marquise Goodwin can keep dragging people along and everyone's focused on Kittle, Dante Pettis should be able to eat. And I, I will give him... I've been hard on him, as most people have. He looked pretty physical last week. Like, getting up field, putting his shoulder down. Like, he's had some moments. Now, mom, there's a big difference between moments and becoming a player. But usually, usually, if you don't just go from drafted to player which not everyone does, Devontae Adams. Remember people were like, this guy suck? And now it's like, when's Devontae going to come back? But he went through like two and a half years of does this guy suck? Now, I don't think Dante Pettis will ever be as good as Dante Devonte Adams, for example. But I do think we see guys that Dante Pettis can go on to have a long career where you go, it started really slow, and then he became a very solid NFL player. Because is it, is it fair to say that I thought he was overdrafted, but he was a really talented guy. Like He was a a, a big-time player on a team that made the playoffs. He, was, he has all these crazy stats about a punt returner. It's hard to be a good punt returner if you're a puss. Like, that's just... It, there was a play last week. Was it the Niner game? I don't know what it was. But the guy muffed the punt. And I, I just tweeted out, like, I do give the benefit of the doubt sometimes to muff-punt guy. Like, I, I'm not going to rip muff-punt guy. He has multiple people that weigh 200 plus pounds that run four440s. That's what the gunners you typically run, running full speed for 40 yards, attempting to get the perfect hit of where he catches the ball and they're two steps away, not in the halo and kill the guy. Like that is that has to be one of the most underrated jobs in America. because typically the punt returner is not a starter. like that's his role. That's tough. you know, At least kickoff, you get a little time to see. And you can always make a business decision. You're like Fuck it, I'm kneeling in the punt. You got like two seconds. Where I'm either putting my hand up, and if I'm on the wrong yard line, or they, or my special team coach catches that that player was 15 yards away, and I put my hand. I'm getting crushed. So, but I'm looking down. These guys are running full speed. I know they're 15 yards away, but they feel about three. That's an underrated position. And Dante Pettis did this. Now college isn't the NFL, but it's still. I mean, still Division One brother as Dan Hogg, and he did it at a high level. And I, I'm just I, – I have a little belief after last week when I saw a little urgency
2: to the guy. Yeah, I, I'm with – I mean, because he's been challenged and there have, he's been challenged repeatedly and there have been times where he's been challenged and he hasn't immediately played great. And so I think because of that you go, oh, maybe he just doesn't have it. But he hasn't – he hasn't shrunk from it. I'm with you. He, I'm, I'm kind of – re a little bit my level of hope for Dante Pettis. Because
3: wouldn't you say, like, when he got drafted at, I think it was pick 41, and they traded up, it was kind of a wow moment. But he wasn't one of those guys, like, did you just take a guy in the second round that you could have gotten in the sixth? He was a guy that I was like, eh, I'd probably take him third. You know, so his, his quote-unquote overdraft wasn't three rounds different. I think most people thought he was a second-day player. I just, again, value liked him more probably mid-third than early second. But, like, we're not... It's not that big of a difference, right? Right. (laughs) Google third-rounders. Like, T.Y. Hilton raises his hand. Like, a lot of good players have gone in the third round. Alvin Kamara raises his hand. Like, you get starters in Akella Weatherspoon, Fred Warner. Like, you get legitimate players. Gabe Jackson. So, he should be able to become, like, a 60-catch guy in this league, right? Because he he should be, to me, he has the talent to average four or five catches a game. Where like, Marquise Goodwin, to me, does not. Because he doesn't catch the ball. Like, he just – it just does not come natural for him. Now, luckily, he runs a nine forty, so you at least can use him as a gadget. Because that would be – because I was of, of belief, like, when you hold on to a guy like that, he's going to let you down 90% of the time more than he's going to do something. And he did last game, right? Even though the ball was underthrown, it hit him in the dick. And it hit the ground. Like, how does that – you're in the NFL, a wide receiver. Because w- would you say, like – in in any Deshaun game in his life, how often have you seen him just drop like balls like that? You know, like so. If you are going to be a speed guy, but they do like Ted Ginn, you saw for years like drop that play, but he's so fast, he's still going pretty strong. So there is just a unique quality and, and attribute when you have that elite speed that they overlook it. We're like Dante; they're not Dante. They're not going to overlook your drop. Like you can't drop that ball. Right. Right. You know, like Marquise, like oh, well at least he spread the field. Now that not for me. I, I hate that. I, I despise fast player that can't catch. It's just pet peeve of mine. Now, granted, I've only been—I was just around the one guy that could. I mean, Deshaun is some of the best hands on the team. Now the difference of him—he's had this injury. I don't know if you noticed deshaun has been gone. He had week one. He had two two touchdowns, like 180 yards. No one's seen him since. <laughs> Nobody. And how he's just taking heat in Philly. Is it crazy how fast is GM like everyone? Roseman landed Deshaun, and now it's like why is our fucking team so old? It's like you can't really unless you just win. If if you lose games in any sport, people that applauded you for moves are then gonna be critical of the moves that they liked because you can always do the counter. Look. Well, of course we got this guy for cheap. <laughs> you know, no wonder he was available. Well, you were the same guy that were writing on the front page like how sweet of a move it was.
2: Didn't Doug Peterson have to have to? Didn't he send like a message to the fans this week about? Everything? Well, I, everybody I, just chill. I, I,
3: I, I was I was in bed this morning, and he he must talk at like nine thirty, Philly time, because I was just gonna roll over, look at my phone, and he's talking. So I just clicked on it. I guess someone on the Eagles, an anonymous player, I don't know who he told this to, but was mad that they weren't checking down enough. Like, that was never heard bit. of that. We, yeah, we don't check down enough. So they asked I've Doug, never heard Doug, of that. Doug started laughing. He's like, I don't know who said this, and like I'm not going to pretend like this guy made it up. So I'm not going to shoot down your source or whatever. But he's like, I've never heard. Like in the history of time, it's always you throw the ball too deep, you throw the ball too far. No player. He's like, I played in the league has I ever asked for more checkdowns. <laughs> like that's just you know, was it I a running murder? back by chance. Yeah, just he laughed. He was in a pretty good
2: mood in the press conference this morning.
3: Not checking the ball down enough.
2: You know what the uh, 49ers' third quarter score is, by the way? I mean, I mean it's got to be like 80 to 7 or yeah, 55 to 14.
3: Aren't, aren't they the, the biggest... number two team in point differential just in the league behind New England right now?
2: Yeah, yes, and the number one in third quarter differential.
3: Wouldn't you Eagles say? Eagles are actually
2: fifth in that category.
3: So to me, isn't that a pretty good? you know uh determining factor like you got pretty good coaches come out of the yeah. come back out of halftime and make a little adjustment cuz you you know what stat that I'm just I don't care much about how many points you score in the first drive like guy every fucking coach like last night Denver Broncos right down the field touchdown i would say like that, that that's the equivalent of like you know, your big thing always was just in different businesses when people are like, I work hard. You're like, yeah, welcome to any business. Like, everyone works hard. Like, if you're an NFL coach, you should be able to score points in your first drive. Like That's, that's like coaching one-on-one. A- every team in the league should average like 3.5 points of possession. You'd pay
2: guys drive. who can adjust on the fly.
3: Honestly, I might not even look at that number. To me, it's kind of irrelevant. You should take out the first drive. Then, Honestly, you should. Because I, and this isn't like a shot at I mean, Gruden's good at it too, but it, most coaches are. Like last week, what, what did McVeigh do? Right down the field, touchdown. They didn't even flinch. It was like boom, boom, bang, bang, touchdown. Because you literally have all week to, to prepare for something that they have no fucking clue what's coming. None. And then it, I would say for the most part, for just decent to above average teams, they score with ease on that play. Or they just move the ball. That's why I do think like three and outs on the first possession are glaring sometimes. Yeah, you guys practice these plays, which you clearly probably practice Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and the walkthrough Saturday, and I think you just might sneak one of those in on one of those fifteen minutes before the game when you're you know you're running your offense and defense. Maybe not, I guess, because they're watching. I don't know exactly the philosophy on that. Maybe you just throw out random ass plays on those, so you kind of throw them off. I like, guess there a chance Belichick every year has just. Run fake plays on those situations. Well, he
2: thinks they matter because he sent his son to the Bills sideline. Remember? Yeah. Then Sean McDermott tried to find him. Uh, will the Redskins get a first down this week? Rams didn't yes. get it. I mean, yeah, sorry. Let me. Con- will they get a third down conversion or a fourth down conversion? Is what I mean. Because remember, That's, the Rams did not. Rams were zero for thirteen combined in that stat last week.
3: I think sometimes when you say that stat out loud, you are like, they went three and out on every drive, and then you go back and you just watch the game. Obviously, you know that didn't happen. Well, you go, they got a lot of first downs on second downs, you know, because they did. Again, they drove the first, they they did get, even as the game progressed, I would say, yeah. You know, you'd be hard pressed. That's just an unheard of number. Like, you you could have a great day. Like, wouldn't you say if you're two for 10 on third down getting off the field, it probably wouldn't be two for 10. I mean, it's not the recipe,
2: but it's not impossible.
3: What's not the recipe?
2: You're saying you could have a great day as an offense no, or as a defense? Uh, as a defense. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
3: Like as long as they're under fifty percent, you're in pretty good shape. You know, it's when they're like, God, they were nine of twelve on third down. You're like, well, you weren't getting off the field.
2: <laughs> because no. it's
3: just they control the clock.
2: And if they're that they efficient can... on third down, do they are they even getting the third down?
3: Yeah. So how many of their drives are they getting on second down? I think when you look at this Washington team, they got that rookie receiver, I think number 17, McLaren, I think is his name. He's been unreal. Like He's like their best player on the team. Then other than that, like Jordan Reed, concussions. Vernon Davis, like 80. Darius Geis is injured. Adrian Peterson is just happy. Jay's gone. Like they aren't. (laughs) Josh Norman hasn't tried in three years. They got a bizarre squad. And I saw someone tweet like, is Washington title town now? I guess the Mystics won the WNBA, the Caps won the Stanley Cup a year ago, and the Nats are in the World Series. Wow. Whatever, like the Nationals tweet.
2: How about the Wizards?
3: Uh, they stink. If you just go to Nationals Twitter, yeah. every response is like, like. And what about the Redskins? It's always back to the football team. Like, they're not allowed to take part in this. Whenever, like, they quote a national tweet, like, right. go get them, guys. Right. Like, fuck you. Stay away from our it's parade. It's like D.C. United. Yeah. <laughs> exactly.
1: This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines.